It's that Peggy Mom. Do, do, do. Boing, boing, boing. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of That Pagan Mom. My name is Erica Wren and I'm your host. And you know what else? I am so freaking glad you're here with me right now. Um, this is the first episode in my Wheel of the Year bonus series. It's a bonus series because one, I didn't know what else to call it. And you know, it felt cool. And two, because I feel that the wheel of the year is its own entity that needs to be talked about. Like, I understand it happens throughout the rest of the calendar year, but I do think it needs to, these episodes need to be like their own little separate awesomeness, right? I'm not going to cram them into whatever the monthly theme is for each month during the year. I'm just going to make them part of their own overarching, you know, wheel of the year theme. And so today's episode is actually going to be focused on the first cross-quarter holiday of the calendar year, which is Imolk. And uh, so I'll talk about that here in a minute. I'm also going to touch base a little bit on Groundhog Day. And if you were listening from outside of the U.S. or parts of Canada and you have no idea what Groundhog Day is, it's kind of it's kind of as weird as it sounds, but it's fun. It's fun. So I'll get back to that in a second. Before I do, I want to cover two other things first. The first is I want to apologize for the flippant and dismissive way I talked about names in the previous episode. You know, Erica Wren, my given name is Erica, but my given last name or my legal last name, however you want to phrase it, is not Wren. I go by Erica Wren in a couple of different places in my life. It is my chosen name. And that doesn't mean it's not real. It's my chosen name. And I, I know that. And yet somehow I was still super, super flippant and dismissive and talked about names and made a comment about fake names, which was rude. Um, and, you know, a friend of mine uh, touched base and was like, hey, you know better than this. Let's remember that chosen names are valid names and they're not any less real than given names or legal names. They're just different. Um, and, you know, not really different. They just have a different origin for that person, right? So anyways, um, I want to apologize for um, being flippant and being dismissive. If I hurt anyone's feelings, um, again, I apologize. That wasn't my intention, but impact outweighs intention every single time. And, you know, I want to be a better person and I want to continue to grow. And, and when I say I want to be a better person, it's not just in this moment, always. I'm constantly striving to be a better person and be more kind and more open-minded. So this was a good reminder to me that I need to be more mindful about my language. So yeah, I, again, I apologize and I hope you will stick around and continue to learn and grow with me so that we can all be the awesomest people possible. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is I want to give a preemptive <laughs> thank you to my dear friend, uh, Dr. Annie Humphrey for their help with the pronunciation he, in this episode, which I might still butcher, but they tried hard. <laughs> they tried hard. Um, Annie is, I'm, I'm preening as I say this, Annie is one of my besties and we talk all the time. So this is also just a general thank you because I wouldn't even be doing this podcast if Annie wasn't encouraging me and cheering me on from the sidelines. So yeah. Um, so to tell you a little bit more about Dr. Humphrey, uh, Dr. Humphrey is a historian with a focus on middle or medieval Irish literature, language, and the cultural relations 
between the Gaelic and Norse peoples of Ireland around the year 1000 um, CE. And they have an academia page that I will be linking in the show notes. And you should definitely check out what they have up on there. I know their thesis is up there and there are at least two video lectures that they've done. I was lucky enough to attend their lecture on, I want to see, I hopefully I get the title correct, The Three Genders in Irish, yeah, <laughs> in, in medieval Ireland, I think it was. I could be wrong, but um, their, their talk about the genders in Ireland um, or was really great. And I was able to attend that lecture over the summer and I highly recommend it for anyone, literally anyone. You're welcome in advance. So go check out Dr. Humphrey's work and uh, yeah. So back to Imolk. <laughs> so Imolk, if, you, if you've done any research about it or actually not even a lot of research, like if you just look up Imolk, one of the first things you're gonna see is that it means in the belly. Now, I did ask Dr. Humphrey, who is an expert, and if that's what it means, and their response was to be boiled down into one word, maybe. <laughs> the reality is some people say it does mean in the belly, some people say it doesn't. Um, it just kind of depends on, on you know pronunciation and how you feel about it. And I'm not a, an expert, so I'm just gonna say that for me, Imolk, means imolk and that's that. It can also be said imbolk with a C I M B O L C or imbolg with a G at the end. Um, so those are imolk, imbolg, imbolk, <laughs> however you want to say it. There you go. Um, like I said before, it is the first of the cross quarter holidays to fall during the calendar year. And it actually also marks um, the middle of, you know, the middle of winter and it shows that we are halfway to spring so you know now you know that if you didn't know before I love this holiday it is my favorite holiday and just just a little I'm putting a little asterisk on that right I'm going to say that for every single one of the Sabbaths like I know myself I am a holiday girly I watch the Hallmark movies I I, I love this I love this I'm gonna be honest I love this shit <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term. But I genuinely do love Imolk the most. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, the first is because this is Breed's day. This is Bridget's feast day. Both as saint and as goddess, this is the day that is associated with her and I love her so much. Uh, one of my tattoos is just her name and I have been tending her flame for 12 and a half years. I, I love everything about the goddess Bridget and the Saint Bridget. Just makes me so happy in my little heart. I also <laughs> really love candles. <laughs> I feel safest and most comfortable when there is a candle burning in my home, which I know that a lot of people are like, open flames aren't safe. Well, guess what? I know that, but still, I still feel safest and most comfortable when there's a candle lit because I feel like Bridget is with me in that moment. Like, well, there's a visual reminder that she's with me in that moment. So, you know, Imolk is also associated with fire and candles. So of course, again, I love this holiday. And then also winter is my favorite season, just period. I love the cold. I love the damp. I love the snow. I love the rain. I love the dark. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just do. 
<laughs> this is my favorite season. Um, and so celebrating it in a way that's low key. Like I understand that people really love Yule or Christmas or whatever you want to call it. And that's great, but it's very bright and it's very loud. And there's something quiet and gentle about Imolk that just really soothes my soul. So yeah, um, those are some of the reasons why this is my favorite holiday. Also on a personal note, as if all of this isn't personal, I actually found out that I was pregnant with Haggis on Imolk in 2017. Um, so that's just an extra special little moment for me. Um, so yeah, again, love this holiday. So a little bit ago, I said that we were halfway between winter and spring because we are, well, we will be in a couple of days. <laughs> and one of the things I love about this time, especially is, is that you, Yes, it's still dark and yes, it's still cold, but you can see life returning. This is the time of year when um, like when sheep are pregnant and the lambs are going to start dropping soon and, you know, sheep's milk is going to start flowing and, you know, start some of the some of the flowers like the, the really early spring, late winter flowers are going to start blooming soon, crocuses and snowdrops. And it's just it's a really lovely time of watching the earth wake back up and watching life return and realizing, you know what, we're going to be okay. And, you know, I was actually just talking to Dr. Humphrey, to Annie, about this this morning. I am just a hopeful little, I'm a hopeful little goblin. I am sparkle and sunshines and the color pink and you know, all of these things. And if I can, if I can be hopeful and excited about something, I'm going to. And this is definitely a time of year where I feel the most hopeful because everything is starting to come back and wake up and be new, right? So yeah. Um, and that's really what Imolk is for me. It's, it's, it's not spring, but it's a fresh start. It's like when you get that good, that, that new journal, like my, my fellow ADHDers will get this, when you get that new journal and you can't use it because it's so beautiful and pristine, right? Imolk for me isn't just that though, it's when you first open it and you make your first marks. Like you see things start to flow, you start the creativity and all of this. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I hope it does. I, I'm asking with my eyes narrowed and I'm kind of nodding like you're all in the room with me. You're not. Hopefully it makes sense though. <laughs> so that's what that's what Imolk is for me. It's a, it's a fresh start. It's a time to just, you know, be excited about the future. Not Not because the future is here, but because you know it's coming and it's a time to just be like, oh wow, right? There's, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It might be a small light, but the light is returning. It is coming back. So that's Imolk, right? So there's that. Um, you know, I want to talk about some of the things you can do on your own or with your kids, because this is that pagan mom, right? Like I'm talking to any pagan who wants to listen, any person who wants to listen and learn more about paganism. But a lot of this is geared towards kids <laughs> because I have a six-year-old and, you know, all the kids that I know are, you know, like 10 and younger. I have teenage nibblings, but most of them are 10 and, 10 and under, right? The kids I know. So, yeah. So, I'm going to talk, I want to talk about things you can do um, for Imolk, and again, a little bit for Groundhog Day. Now, I specifically 
love to focus on Bridget at this time of year because again, it's her holiday, but if you don't want to, that's okay. But the ideas that I'm going to give you are Bridget focused simply because that's my focus this time of year and that's what my family does. Um, the first thing that I wanna suggest is if you live in an area where there's currently snow on the ground, go outside. Go outside and scoop some of it up in a bowl. Keep it in your freezer if you have to until, you know, Imolk Eve, which could be as, as early as tomorrow because it's the 30th of January right now. So it's it, some people do Imolk starting on the evening of the 31st of January. Some people wait all the way until like the 7th of January. <laughs> or I said January, I meant February. So anywhere between the 31st of January through the 7th of February is when a lot of people celebrate Imolk. So you do you, boo. Anyways, go outside, get some snow if you have some on the ground. Put it in the freezer to keep it until Imolk. And then I, <laughs> I'm actually gonna kind of do this this year because we don't have any snow right now. But if you can get your hands on some sparklers, take the sparklers and put them in the snow. And obviously you're gonna wanna do this outside. Put them in the, the container of snow and light the sparklers. And just then you see the fire and the light and the snow, and it's a visual representation of Imbolc and it's awesome sauce. And if you have a little kid, they might be really into it. <laughs> I say this as a 40 year old who's totally into this idea. So there you go. Kids of all ages, right? We'll love it. And that's, like I said, I actually picked up sparklers yesterday when I was out with Haggis. I stopped into a little dollar store and I saw some on the counter and was like, hell yes, we are using sparklers on the first. We're doing it because why not, right? It's fun and it'll be a good time. So that's the first thing you can do. If you don't want to give your kids sparklers, which again, no judgment, okay? I don't know that my kid's going to want the sparklers, but I want them. Um, if you don't want to do sparklers or be touching fire or dealing with fire, because that's not always safe around smaller kids, um, something else you can do specifically to honor Bridget is find a body of water and make a pilgrimage there. Bridget is so often associated with fire that folks do forget that she's also associated with water. Her wells are sacred wells and her water is life-giving water, right? She's a goddess of fire and a goddess of water. She's a goddess of everything because she's fucking great. Anyways, <laughs> um, you can just take a little pilgrimage to the water, say a prayer to Bridget, um, you know, touch the touch your hands into the water if that's safe. Not all water is clean. No puddles, please, people. And just have a good time. Talk to the water. Talk about the water. Tell stories about Bridget and her wells. Whatever you want to do. And you can look a lot of this up. You can look all of this up on the internet. Google is your friend. I know that the Order of Bards, um, the OBOD, I think is what it's called, has stories about Bridget. I know that the ADF has stories on their website about Bridget, so you can look this stuff up. Um, and I'll try to link to some of those. Um, but yeah, go to a body of water, collect snow and watch it melt and you know, talk to your kids about that. Um, you could also, if you're feeling froggy, go get some flowers from like a local flower shop or something and freeze them. Like put them in a block of ice and then take the ice out and let it melt and like talk to your kids about the ice melting and the flowers coming back and how that's indicative of Imolk and you know, all that. So those are some things you can do. Um, something else you can do if you're feeling crafty, but like no pressure is you can make some sheep decor. 
I did this a couple years ago with Haggis, the one I'm about to mention, and I need you to know he hated every single minute of it. He's not really a crafty person. I'm super crafty and my kid is like, this is the worst. And that's fine, because we always try. Um, but I don't make him do it if he doesn't want to. Anyways, so I made these cardboard sheep, right? I basically cut out like a kidney bean kind of shape and I colored the tip slash end of one, like one end of it black, so it would be like a sheep's face. And then I attached some clothespins on the bottom, so it'd be little legs, right, at the kind of bump ends of the kidney bean. And I colored the tips of those black for feet, and then we wrapped it with yarn. And like I said, he hated it. He actually ripped off one of the legs and threw it at me, yelled no the whole time, and I was like, okay, so no sheep for us this year. And that was two years ago. Last year we didn't do any sheep craft because I wasn't willing to take my life into my own hands, but this year, <laughs> this year we're going to do, I'm going to try sheep crafts again. We might do the kidney bean cardboard sheep thing, um, but what I'm hoping to do, if I can find the supplies, because I know I have them in my apartment, is make one of these little, I, I'm gesturing, you can't, I keep forgetting you can't see me. I'm making a circle with my hands, but like you can get those wooden, um, those wooden circle toys, like wooden hoops, they're smaller the wooden rings um a lot of um like places that make um teething rings and stuff like that that are natural like if you look on etsy those wooden rings that's what i'm talking about um i use them for playing with with my son with our little peg dolls and whatever so i've got spares and so i'm gonna grab a couple of those and some black felt and some yarn and I'm going to try and make sheep again. Basically, you wrap the, the yarn around the ring, right? You go around so it's just a ring of yarn. And then you cut out a little sheep face and you glue it on. Maybe give it eyes. There you go. And you can hang them up. They'll be fancy. So I'm going to try and do that with Haggis this year. Do I think he'll do it? No, not really. Am I still going to try anyway? You're goddamn right I am. <laughs> I am determined. Um, so yeah. Those are two sheep-focused... Um, activities you can do because Bridget is associated with sheep and this is also the again lambing is starting so why not right so you can do those another craft you can do that is Bridget focused is you can make Bridget's crosses um they have there's the the three-armed Triscal uh, Triscalians I think I'm saying that wrong but um the three-armed kind you can do the four-armed kind you know you can just look up Bridget's crosses figure out what style works best with your for your family and your uh, dexterity levels and then do yourself a huge favor and make them with pipe cleaners. I say this as a person who has made Bridget's crosses with wheat, who has tried to use rushes <laughs> and has done them in paper and with pipe cleaners and by far the pipe cleaners have been the easiest and the most long-lasting in in my um you know, in my home. And my kid, one of the few crafts he has been willing to do is make these crosses with me. So yeah. And I also like, because we have so we homeschool, so we have a lot of these crafty supplies so that we can do activities and stuff. And that means I have about 75,000 pipe cleaners in my apartment, which is a bit of an exaggeration, but not much, right? <laughs> like I have a lot of these fucking things. Anyways, um, I have the straight kind in multicolors, but there's also this kind that are really narrow and then widen multiple times. So it's like waves, like almost like sound waves um, that we've never, I, I, I avoid using them because I'm like, this is just a weird shape. I might actually 
see how many of those we have and make some uh, crosses out of those because I think that would be a really cool look, but we shall see. Anyway, um, if you're going to make Bridget's crosses, I encourage you to use pipe cleaners because they're, they stay in place. When you fold them, they stay in place and they're good for little hands or big hands. Um, and they're, and they're good for people who might have some dexterity issues regardless of age, because again, they, they stay in place. So, you know, you don't have to sit and hold and then keep folding and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, if you do make a Bridget's cross or several, I recommend hanging them above your, um, the entrance you use the most into your home, because if you hang it above your door, you know, on Imolk Eve, when Bridget goes around the world, much the way Santa does, but in, but she's cooler. Uh, when she goes around the world, she blesses those crosses and imbues them with protection and all of that. And so your home is protected and all the people who live in your home and people being human people and non-human people, so animals too, um, are all blessed and cared for by the powers of breed, right? Um, I like to have one above my door for protection and then have a smaller one next to the door that I can use as um, a grounding space for when I come home. Um, I just touch it as I come into the, the apartment and I, my, my soul just settles, right? So that's just a little tidbit, little tip from me to you that you can do. Um, one more craft that you can do that... By the way, this right here that I'm about to say is what Dr. Humphrey helped me with. And, and Annie, I love you so much. I'm probably going to get this wrong. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> um, something else you can make that is traditionally, you know, it's done all over the world, you know, but well, all over the world now, but it's something that obviously comes to us because it's a force. The goddess Bridget and the Saint Bridget comes from to us from Ireland and such is... Uh, Brat, Brichts, um, spelled B-R-A-T-S. So I, I used to pronounce it Brats, because <laughs> that's what that word looks like to me. But Brat, Brichts, I think is what it is. And it's strips of cloth. Um, you can rip the cloth so it's in long strips. You can use ribbon. I personally cro crochet um, one of these strips or lengths of fabric, um, every year for each member of my household. And you want them to be long enough so that you can tie them or, you know, hang them easily on a tree or a bush in your yard. If you don't live in a yard and you have, or if you don't live in the yard, if you don't have a yard or live in a space that allows for you to hang things on bushes that are outside your door or whatever, um, like if you live in a New York City apartment, maybe like I do, you can just put them in the windowsill. Like I open my my window and I lay them in the window and then I close the window on them because I am convinced that pigeons or rats are going to steal our brats and that would piss me off. They never do. Could it be because I have them quickly fastened in the window? Maybe. Could it be because the rats and the pigeons don't care also? maybe, but the world may never know. Okay. Anyways, you, so you, you take your length of cloth. It can be any color you want and you put it out. And again, on Imolk, you put it on Imolk Eve. On Imolk Eve, Breed goes around and she blesses them. And these specifically are used, um, to help people who are ill, feeling sick or in pain because she puts healing powers, magic, whatever you want to call it, into these bits of fabric. 
and they're used to ward off headaches, to help with minor injuries, minor pain, maybe colds. Um, and also, <laughs> as after I say minor pain, also um, these uh, brats have been used and are still used by people who are giving birth to help with birthing pain. So there's that. Um, I personally have a shawl that I put out every year um, that is part of my like magical garb, my ritual garb, whatever you want to call it. And I put it in the window as well. But because it's so big, I actually put it in a different window than I put the brats in, like the, 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 the ones I make every year. I put those in one window and I put the shawl in the other window because the shawl is so big. <laughs> I'm afraid it'll actually fall out or someone will take it. Um, a human this time, not a rat or a pigeon. Anyways, um, it's big enough that I don't actually hang it outside of the window. I do put it in the window, but I put it between the glass and the screen, right? Like I hang it on the safety railing. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, um, that's what I do. That's what how we do our brats. Um, I can say that if you don't want to rip up cloth, you can also put a piece of clothing out that's special to you. Um, my older sister one year put out her favorite hoodie and she hung it up and she said that whenever she wore that hoodie, she felt like she was getting a hug from Bridget and just what a, what a wonderful thought to have, like what a wonderful experience, right? So those are, those are the activities you can do. Um, those are, you know, those are crafts you can do. If you can only do one, I do recommend doing the Bridget's Crosses. Um, and if you have, or if you have ribbon, hang those, like you don't need, it doesn't have to be cloth. It can be, like I said, a ribbon. It can be string, whatever. <laughs> and just, just to tell you, um, my family with our brats, we, I make, I make three each year, one for me, one for Ian, my husband, and one for Haggis. And I hang them on the family altar and then take them out as we need them. And then I, I literally just move them over on the family altar and like tie them to uh, one of the posts on the altar when it's time for the new ones to be put on the altar. So we still have all of the previous year's um, brats as well. So it's just like this continuing magical thing that I love. So there's that. Um, something else you can do for Imolk is actually especially if you have kids between like oh, four and maybe 10, right? I, I 10 might be a, a little old for them, but there um, are these books that are done by Puka Pages. They're the Elsie and Puka um, books, and there's one for each season, and each season covers two of the Sabbaths, and you will find um, an in-book section in the winter book, um, which... We have, we have that one at, I think we have all four of them, but I know we definitely have that one. And I was looking through it today because I was like, oh, what's in here? I could go over this with my kid. It has recipes. It has activities. It has cute, cute, cute stories. It has, and it even has little rituals. There's actually just, re it's really great. And I'm very excited to go over some of this with my son this year. Um, and I highly recommend getting them because they're worth it, right? And I think they're like maybe $15. You can get them on Amazon, but I will also link to Puka Pages in the um, show notes because I, I believe there are free resources on that website too. So that's also cool if you don't want to buy the book or you can't afford to, whatever, no judgment. So there's that. Um, and Imolk is covered in the second half of the winter book. So 
yeah. So that's that's uh, it for Imolk. If you have any questions, you're welcome to ask them, um, you know, in the Q&A section or you can visit my Instagram, which is also that pagan mom and comment on there and I can answer them in another episode if you want or whatever. Um, so that's Imolk. <laughs> now I want to talk a little bit about Groundhog Day. Now, it's also in February, obviously. Imolk is, again, anywhere between, you know, January 31st and February 7th. But Groundhog Day is February 2nd. Boom, it's February 2nd. And it's not so much a holiday as it is just a fun day. Um, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day comes to us here in the U.S. and parts of Canada from the Pennsylvania Dutch. It's a tradition that started with them. According to Wikipedia, it was in the 16th century. Um, I wasn't there, so I don't know if that's true, but you know, and not everything we read on the internet is true people. So, you know, if you want to know more about it, you're welcome to do some research, but it, I do know it comes to us from the Pennsylvania Dutch and it, I assume, again, this is my assumption that's related to Candlemas simply because Candlemas is also February 2nd and Candlemas is a Christian holiday as far as I know. Um, I, I Real talk, I don't know anything about it. Um, you know, paganism is my milk religion. My mom is a Christian, but my dad is a even. And well, I was raised with both. My mom is not like a hardcore, you know, <laughs> a hardcore Christian. She's kind of a lay Christian who loves Jesus and wants to be a good person kind of thing. So anyway, um, so I wasn't really raised with a lot of Christian holidays outside of the two major ones, which are Christmas and Easter, right? Um, so I don't know anything about Candlemas, but I do know stuff about Groundhog Day. Um, and while I might, I think, I think they're linked, I'm not 100% certain on that. Um, but I do know that Groundhog Day is, you know, it's a time that happens again, February 2nd, there are Groundhog Day celebrations all over the country. And <laughs> the most thing, I'm laughing because of the conversation I had with Ian about this before he left to run errands today. But, um... Ian, so Ian, my husband grew up in South Jersey, um, in, in New Jersey, in the southern part, and he spent time in New Jersey and also in Pennsylvania as a kid because his dad lived in Pennsylvania. And so he went back and forth and he grew up around Pennsylvania Dutch kids. And like, he, he is arguing with me about uh, Punxsutawney Phil, who is the most famous groundhog associated with Groundhog Day, Punxsutawney Phil. Um, and yeah, so... Punxsutawney Phil has, fun fact, <laughs> predicted the weather. So actually, let me back up a little bit. The Groundhog Day celebrations are literally because the groundhog comes out of his hole and if he sees his shadow and goes, and it, it will scare him and he will go back into his den for six more weeks of, you know, bad winter weather. But if he doesn't see his shadow and he just sticks around and hangs out, it says that we will have a gentle last six weeks of winter, right? So whether or not the groundhog sees a shadow, you know, tells us what the next six weeks of weather are going to, or winter are going to be like weather-wise. And are his predictions always accurate? According to, according to the legend of Punxsutawney Phil, yes. According to actual facts based on like, 
weather recordings of the past hundred years. No, not even close, like 30% of the time. Uh, so, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, but anyway, Punxsutawney Phil, um, and I don't know where the name comes from, has, has been um, predicting the weather set for the last six weeks of winter from since 1886. Right. But it's only been recorded like his predictions have only been recorded since 1900 um, consecutively for the last 124 years, with the exception of one year, 1943, when the event was canceled because of World War Two. So there's that. Now, according to the legend, um, there has only ever been one Punxsutawney Phil. And what I was laughing about a little bit ago was when I mentioned this to Ian, he just goes, <laughs> A groundhog doesn't live for 124 years. Okay, I just need everyone to know he is not a vet. Okay, he's not a veterinarian. So how does he know that? You can't see. I'm trying to make a face like the way Michael Scott from The Office would where he's like, mm, see, no, it's not a gotcha moment. They don't live for 124 years. Anyways, um, what Ian doesn't know, though, is that he was wrong. Punxsutawney Phil hasn't been predicting the weather for 124 years. He's been doing it for 134 years. So who's right now, Ian? Still you. Anyways. <laughs> yes, I have fun doing this. Um, when it comes to Groundhog Day, I have a couple of ideas on how you can kind of work the funness of Groundhog Day into part of your Imilk celebrations if you want to. If you don't want to, no judgment, right? And the first thing you can do is a weather journal. Um, I actually do a weather journal every day with my son. It's less of a journal and it's actually part of his quote morning menu, which is only called morning menu because it's the same, you know, couple of things we do every morning, checking the weather, writing down the season, writing down the date, writing his name, practice and stuff like that. And so I have a couple worksheets that are in a restaurant menu folder you know, the clear plastic, you put the sheets in there and then you can use a dry erase marker on them. Super great. So that's why it's called morning menu. <laughs> but we have a sheet that we check the weather on that and mark it. And you could do something similar with your kids. Um, if they're, if they're younger kids, like, you know, pre-K or kindergarten, first grade, you could have them doing just the, just the pre-writing stuff or even the writing stuff and then dry erase, you know, erase it and everything. Or if they're, you know, first grade and up, you know, have decent writing skills, you can actually do a journal where every day they write down the date, the temperature, the season, and then they go and check maybe the Farmer's Almanac website or the Farmer's Almanac if you have a physical copy to see what the predicted weather for this that time period is. And then you can check online to see what it's been historically around the same time of year. And I think that'd be a, a fun, you know, science project meets <laughs> history project, right? I think it'd be a fun thing. And I'm planning actually on doing something similar with Haggis starting on the 1st of February. We'll see how that goes. So you can do that. Um, and another thing you can do if your kids are a little bit older is have a Groundhog Day movie party. I love the movie Groundhog Day. It is one of my favorite movies. I love it so freaking much. And I have to stress, I have a hard time watching movies because of my ADHD. I can't focus for that long. But Groundhog Day is one of the few movies that if I'm watching it, I'm watching it. I'm not doing anything else. Um, so yeah, I love that movie. And you you could do um, like a movie party 
with your kids um, for the <laughs> for Groundhog Day for that. Um, now there it's a, it's rated PG and there are some adult themes. You know, um, there's kissing, there's swearing, there's sexual themes, and trigger warning. I'm gonna give you a few seconds. Skip forward like 15 seconds if you need to. There's also themes of suicide in it. Um, so just keep that in mind if you're going to watch the movie or watch it with your kids. Now, if you do want to watch it, I highly suggest having a movie party. Get some pizza and see, look at that, dairy, Bridget, boom. See how that all worked out? <laughs> get some pizza. You can get some soda. Oh my gosh. Ah, this is something else I forgot to mention for Emolk but also works for Groundhog Day, make root beer floats. Make root beer floats. Um, there's a story about Bridget. I'm so sorry. I totally forgot this. And this is actually the highlight that I wanted to cover. <laughs> you can make root beer floats for Bridget um, as a way to honor her role as a saint when she made her bath water into beer. You heard that right. She turned bath water into beer. Some people say it was her bath water. Some people say it was lepers bath water. Either way, someone's bath water got turned into beer. And so root beer is kid friendly version of beer. Get root beer. Hell, get birch beer and like Pennsylvania Dutch birch beer. And now you're combining Groundhog Day and Imolk in the best way. Put some vanilla ice cream in there. Boom, dairy. There you go. That That's all you need to do, folks watch watch groundhog day have pizza make root beer floats live your best life like that is your best emulk and groundhog day life that's my best emulk and groundhog day life um anyway those are some of the things that you can do for emulk and for groundhog day and again i don't know anything about candlemas so i'm not going to make suggestions for that besides google is your friend and it is still free so there is that um, now I am going to end here because if I don't, I will keep talking. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you all for being here. I hope you have a wonderful Imolk and or Groundhog Day and or Candlemas, whatever you celebrate. I, yeah, <laughs> thank you for being here. I am so glad that you are on this journey with me. I love your fucking guts. Happy holiday. And as always, blessed be. I'll see you next time.